Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are. Why is good night a goodbye? Good evening feels like a goodbye too, but good morning and good afternoon feel like a hello. Interesting. Anywho, I'm welcoming you back to Money Awakenings. <clears throat> My name is Larry Morrison. I am the financial shaman as of now. And on this podcast, what we do is we talk about money in an entirely different way than you're probably used to hearing it. This um, arena, we talk about the belief systems and traumas and wounds and emotions and everything that goes along with the mindset of wealth, the energy frequency of abundance, and how to vibrate back into that frequency. Because in my opinion, abundance wealth is our natural state, is our birthright. And we have been trained, or the majority of us rather, have been trained to limit our ability to create wealth in our lives. And so this is something we need to unlearn. For instance, if at a young age you didn't have any limitations but were taught just one limiting belief that you didn't deserve money unless you suffered for it greatly, rather known as earning, then you have just taken so much magic off of the table and limited the way that money can come into your life to one way, hard work and suffering. So that's just one belief, by the way. Many of us have dozens, if not hundreds, of limiting beliefs when it comes to money. But um, understand that a belief must be right, just like a computer program in order to function. So if that's the case and you say to yourself, I have to suffer for money and money's the root of all evil, now you have a straitjacket of limiting beliefs, what I call the straitjacket effect, because you have two conflicting limiting beliefs that constrict you completely. Because look at it this way, if I have to suffer for money, as a belief that needs to be right. So now you have to suffer for money in your mind and in your reality and in your perception, right? And money's the root of all evil, AKA money is evil. Now you have to suffer for evil. And in your deepest core, no one wants to be evil. So you will literally suffer for something you don't want and push it away. And then you wonder how there's so many poor people out there. Simple. They were programmed for poverty. Just like, a, just like as if you were an android. Now that's... People are like, a phone? No. <laughs> I mean a robot or a machine or a cyborg. Maybe it's better. Uh, so you're programmed for this 
limiting belief this program for poverty. And what I'm going to talk to you is how to reprogram yourself to that of abundance. And keep in mind that I still work on this stuff almost daily. Not as not on myself as much as I used to because I'm helping other people, but in doing so, I help myself because I've seen more A, limiting beliefs, more angles on them, get more truths out of them. So every day I'm working in these beliefs with people. And so why do I bring that up? Because I want you to understand that it's a process, it's a practice to uncover and remove limiting beliefs. This isn't just, you know, hey, all I did was a workshop online over the weekend and I'm good. This is a practice. It's just like if you learned yoga in, in our American westernized version of yoga, which is Savasana yoga, which is the physical practice. When Paramahansa Yogananda brought modern day yoga over, um, it was the, the physical practice was to help meditation because yoga at its core is alignment, mind, body, spirit soul, whatever. It's an alignment practice, right? So, um, why do I bring that up? Because yoga is so beautiful in that it's an understood as a practice that you're never going to get somewhere with yoga. That's why I laugh when people say they're yoga masters. I'm like, <laughs> you don't master a practice. You practice a practice. And that's what this is. It's just a practice. We practice every day vibrating into abundance and vibrating into unconditional love because we've been practicing for a lifetime not doing that. We've been practicing scarcity, many of us, and poverty for a a lifetime, right? We've been practicing conditional love from almost right out the gate when we got here. Maybe the first couple of years you got away with total unconditional love and you could do no wrong. But then gradually you absorb your parents' conditional love. And then as soon as you're able to stand and walk or speak, parents are usually telling you words like, no, don't do that, limitations, rules. If you don't do that, I won't like you anymore. If I don't do that, I'm going to withdraw my love from you. Oh, by the way, you can burn in hell forever if you upset the almighty judge in the sky. What a bunch of bullshit. Anyway, you've been programmed in a certain way. And on this podcast, we talk about how to reprogram. And practice new ways of doing things. New ways of being. So what I like to do is just go for a walk. And pretend that you're right here with me. And I'm doing most of the talking. But. Just keep in mind that. I practice this stuff too. And what I am saying is what I need to hear. 
That has never been more true than this week. Almost every single one of my clients this week had something that they were, we were working on with them that I needed to hear and work on for myself. And there's this thing that happens that I tell everyone not to do that I find myself doing, which is once you see how many limiting beliefs there are around money, around anything, around relationships, your body, what have you, your energy, your alignment with source, what you think about God and the universe you live in. Like once you see all the limiting beliefs or begin to see the spider web, there's an easy possibility that you get discouraged. You get uh, down on yourself and you're like, oh my God. How many, like, I have a client, a wonderful, wonderful man, who has been trained early on to not spend money for the, basically, like, his parents taught him to save, save was the ultimate thing, and they looked down on him, especially his father looked down on him every time he uh, spent money on anything as a child, anything. He was looked down on and I asked him what did your father approve of spending money on and it, he didn't have an answer because his father never approved of anything so his whole life every time he spent money for the most part it was a constant battle in his mind of getting approval from his father in his head and it basically hurt him every time he spent money, no matter how much he had. It didn't matter about the supply of money coming in. It wasn't like one of those things, one of those beliefs that um, if I spend money wrong or if I mismanage money, I'm going to run out. And then, of course, if I run out of money, I'm going to die. It was nothing like that. Though that was maybe had a small part to play. But it was more around I won't get my father's approval or in essence I won't be loved if I spend money wrong every time he touches money and think about how many times you touch money in a day in a week in a month every every time he's feeling he's afraid of not being loved if he spends it wrong That is a dangerous way to practice life. Ridden? Ridden? Riddled, I think I was thinking. Riddled with anxiety. Every single day of your life. And what's so fascinating to me is that we can be literally constantly anxious constantly worried, constantly stressed, and not know that that stress, worry, and anxiety are trying to point you to that limiting belief that's causing all the problems. The emotional guidance system, your emotions, imagine your emotions are how your soul communicates with you. Imagine that's how your heart communicates, is through your emotions. And when your emotions are that of fear and worry and anxiety and guilt, they are trying to point you to bad programming. 
Your soul is trying to point you to bad programming, but what do we do with anxiety? We go get pills. We go get drunk. High. Overeat. Distract ourselves with drama, relationships, movies, TV, whatever. I'm not saying I don't do those things. I'm not holier than that. I watch fucking garbage TV every once in a while. I don't want to turn my mind off or silly movies. I drank for 24 years. I know heavily. I know exactly what that's like. And I do not talk down on anybody using those things to get a slight reprieve from their shitty belief systems. I understand it. Trust me. If you need it, use it. But eventually you won't need it anymore. When we start to understand our emotional guidance system and want to listen to it. What are we going to talk about today? Which belief systems? Hmm. We're going to look at any belief systems that stops you from accepting where you are right now. Which is a lot of them. You see, there's a funny play on words here. Between accepting and receiving. If you accept a gift, you have received it. Or rather, you've received it and then accepted it. And I will tell you right now, these things go hand in hand. What I mean by that is, I talk to so many people who have blocked their ability to receive, and I have to do the work of unblocking it. Now that's what I feel like I put on this earth to do, so I don't mind the work. But I want to explain its nuance here with you. Because... The f- a surefire way to not, ex- uh, to not receive is to not accept. Imagine it's a two-step process. You receive physically and you accept internally. You receive physically, you accept internally. What do I mean by that? Someone, just stay with a, g- a gift. It's your birthday. Okay. You're out with a friend. They hand you a gift. You receive it. You take it into your possession. You look at it. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's something you unwrap. Whatever. And then you accept it by saying, thank you for this gift. And you imagine how you're going to use it. And you feel the gratitude of it. That your life is now more with this thing. And then you are grateful for the human being who brought it to you. The channel for which it came into your life. And if you take it a step further, you're grateful that this thing even exists. Yes? How did this person know? It's exactly what I wanted. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for our friendship. I'm grateful for this channel. I'm grateful for this day. You see where I'm going with this? 
Gratitude is the doorway home. Always remember that. And home is unconditional love. It's what we come from. It's abundance. Gratitude is the linchpin to all of it. So, receiving and accepting. So many people want to receive without accepting anything. They haven't accepted where they are, who they are, and what they already possess. And they wonder why they can't receive anything more. Imagine source is like a parent in this this is a simple analogy and they've given you so much but you're in full-blown non-acceptance of it you're not grateful and you want more you want more without having to accept it what you have Here's what I mean. Money comes in in the form of a paycheck. You look at it and see what's missing. So you've received it in physical form, money. And instead of being grateful, oh, hello. I can't see the dog. I like to since I do so many of these walks, I'm trying to get better at dog breeds and pinpointing what they are. I don't know, just challenging myself. Anywho, I, I feel like I, I know like maybe half the breeds if I knew what number there, how many breeds there were. So I'm just trying to learn the other half. Of course, mixtures are tough, but just gives me a little game instead of being upset with the dog barking, you know? Because it's easy to be like, ah! You're ruining my... You're ruining my podcast. But I know that the way we, we create reality is through our perception. So if I turn it into a game, then I'm not only... Not necessarily excited to see a dog, but... I'm not as nearly as looking at what's wrong with the picture, which is exactly what I'm telling you to do, right? So I'm looking at it as, oh, something came into my experience that I can play with instead of keep that thing away from me and don't bark while I'm trying to record an audio, right? So paycheck comes in. Instead of being grateful, what do we do? We look at, oh, damn, government took how much? This is way less than I need. Or you look at it and go, man, I'm working my ass off for this amount? Jesus. I need to do something to increase my value. I need to do this. Damn it. How am I ever going to get ahead? There's just never enough. And everything gets triggered. How would you feel if you gave somebody a gift and they already saw what was lacking? It's like... You give somebody a cell phone 
And they're like, yeah, but now I have to go get a case and a screen protector. How fucking ungrateful are you? This is all the same bullshit when I hear stupid people. And yes, I said stupid people. Because, you know what? Let me rephrase that. Stupid belief systems that make people stupid. Or limiting beliefs that make people sound stupid. Probably the best way to put it. Because I get frustrated with these limiting beliefs. Because they controlled me for so long and still partially do. At least I can see a lot of them now. It reminds me of limiting beliefs that make people sound stupid when it comes to the fucking lottery and saying, yeah, well, the government's going to tape half. It's still half of a fucking huge fortune, you asshole. How are you not grateful for that? Because you have poverty mentality. Like, it's fucking one money. It's free money. Oh, but the government's going to take half. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. But that's exactly what we do every day, isn't it? I am so grateful for all the money I get to steward. I am honored that the universe bestowed even the smallest amount on me to, to manage and steward and direct. It's amazing. And the more that comes in, I feel more honored. Just as honored as when I was a few years ago when it was very, very small amount. And I still took care of it. And I still practice stewardship. Which I'm sure I will get into eventually one of these days. I'm writing a chapter on it in my book right now. So maybe when I'm done, I'll read it to you guys. But point being, the gratitude part, the accepting part, thank you, universe, for what you've given me. But what do we do? We bitch about what's missing. And how good does that feel to give somebody a cell phone and then bitch about not having a case and a protector? Oh, you didn't get the fucking Bluetooth earbuds. Wow. Wow. That really makes me want to give you more, doesn't it? When you tell me what's missing from the gift I just gave you. That is non-acceptance. And you know what the surefire way to not receive more? Don't accept anything that you have. Be ungrateful. Just look at the exchange of gift giving. How would you feel as the giver if you gave to somebody who was ungrateful? How would you, would you want to give them more? Hmm? Would you want to give them more if they were ungrateful? Let's just imagine it's a spoiled little brat. And I have gone off on spoiled before, but the word in and of itself and the essence behind it. But let's not get hung up on that. Sorry, I brought that up. But my point is, let's just say it's some, a little kid who's got tons of presents. They look at yours and go, eh, move on. How likely are you to want to give them more stuff? Not likely at all, right? But you might say to that Larry, but there's wealthy people or rich people 
or affluent people who keep receiving, yeah. Yeah, because they know how to accept. And they may seem ungrateful to you, but they've come to a level where they know they deserve it. So they accept in knowing all of the responsibility energetically that it takes. Now there's a difference between rich and wealthy, and I've talked about that before. But when it comes to the wealthy, they accept through not even having the notion that they don't deserve it, and they are constantly grateful. I'm constantly grateful. Now, do I fall out of it? Of course. Of course I do. But I practice gratitude. I can tell when I'm ungrateful. It doesn't feel right. It's like, wait a minute, something's off. I'm feeling a little icky. Oh, I'm completely ungrateful for what's going on right now. I'm looking at what's missing. Boom. And I come back to gratitude and accepting. Accepting who I am, where I am, and what I have, and what I've been given. The fastest way to inner peace is through radical self-acceptance. Let me say that again. The fastest way to inner peace is through radical self-acceptance. Can you accept that everything is perfect just the way it is? Even if a part of you doesn't agree with that. Even if a part of you doesn't believe it's perfect. Because there is going to be a large part of you that doesn't agree called your ego. The thing that always wants everything more, better, different. You want a surefire way you want to, that your uh, ego is speaking? Anytime there's thoughts that it needs to be more, better, different, that's the ego. Anytime you're vibrating in that of gratitude and acceptance, that's your higher self. It doesn't need anything more than it has. And it knows that everything is coming to it in perfect timing, just like everything has in the past. Can you accept yourself? So many people today talk about self-love and self-care. In my opinion, and everything you're going to hear is my opinion, take it or leave it, of course. And in that opinion is a buffet of options. Meaning, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can agree with 30% and not agree with 70%. I'll be fine. You can agree with 90 and leave 10 out. I'll be still fine. It's okay to not agree with me. I'm okay with it. In my opinion, if you want to love yourself or love yourself more, it starts with accepting yourself. Accepting that source does not make mistakes. That everything in your life, even if it's something that sucks, is perfectly there for a reason. 
Yeah, but Larry, I have fucking cancer. You're eternal. What's this thing trying to show you? How amazing is it to mix it up in these limiting beliefs and these energies of life and death and ooh, how scary. I'm not trying to belittle it, but I am a little bit. In that, if you remember your eternal and that everything is happening for you, you can start to take your power back over control of your reality by controlling your perception. You control the lens through which you see the world. That is the only control you have and the only control you need to change everything in your life. Larry, you don't know how bad it is for me right now. Cool. Cool. There's this great line. I don't, I don't know if it's from the Bible or not, but it's definitely ones religious people use, which is, uh, God is something like God gives me only what I can handle. Right? There's this other like joke about that that's like well, God think, must think I'm a badass. But <laughs> it's true though. Everything in your life, Source knows you're powerful enough to handle. In fact, you could handle even more when you recognize how powerful you are. When you recognize who and remember who you really are, this stuff that th- seems hard will come will be beneath you. It won't even register to you. This is why I say, if you want to handle a financial problem, or any problem, but let's just keep it with money, if you want to handle a financial problem that seems big, you have to become bigger, which means you have to go up in consciousness to where the problem seems small. If you try to go at it linearly, you're going to have a very difficult time. Linearly, you, you stay small, the smallest version of yourself, the lowest consciousness, the victim, woe is me, what am I going to do? Oh my God, why is this happening to me? That is a, ooh, it's a boxer, for sure boxer. But I want to say there's some pit in there with its stature and the body structure. Definitely a boxer face, though. Um, so, where was I? You have to go up in consciousness. Because if you go at it from, I'm a victim, woe is me, this always happens to me, blah, 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 the problem's going to stay bigger than you are and you're not going to find a way through it. And Source is going to have to drag you through it. And then bring another one just like it over and over again until you decide to go bigger. Until you decide to go up in consciousness. And you decide to let go of the limiting beliefs around it. Everything always comes back around. Because this, this is a mere reality. Right? This is a mere reality. Meaning the universe, one of the many ways... The universe shows you you have limiting beliefs is by bringing things into your life that bring up the limiting beliefs, that bring up anxiety, that bring up worthlessness and 
all the negative emotions, the doubt and disbelief and shock and unworthiness and grief and limitation and scarcity and feeling trapped, that is all there. The emotions and the external are all there to show you the programming. They're all there to serve you in showing you the limiting beliefs. Everything is there to serve you. Everything is there to serve you. This is why it's so important to accept everything in your life. Because if you accept it as it's supposed to be there, as it's a perfect reflection of me, that source brought everything and gave everything to you perfectly. Divine timing. Timing is, I need to put a pin in that, we'll come back to it. It's another way people don't accept. Oh, it's been taking too long. Jesus Christ. How the fuck would you know? How would you know how long things are supposed to take? What part of you thinks it knows how long something is supposed to take? Talk about ego. How arrogant is that? I'm trying to manifest true love. Why is it taking so long? How the fuck long would you know it's supposed to take? How would you know? Especially if it's something you've never done before. How would you know how long it's supposed to take? What part of you is that arrogant to think they know? Are you comparing it to someone else? Oh, so-and-so's manifested this in a short amount of time. That's so-and-so. Who gives a shit? How does that... Hello, little one. Cute long hair cat. Stay out of the road, love. How would you know how long things are supposed to take? How is that possible for you? And how do you not, how does that not send up immediate alarm bells? Like, wow, this is taking too long. Wait, what? How am I supposed to know which part of me thinks it knows how long shit's gonna take? True love could take a lifetime. Took me 38 years to figure out. 38 in years. It's almost as if you have to master the frequency of loneliness before you can master the, the opposite. You have to explore the contrast fully. I had to explore scarcity for a very long time. Almost just as long before I started to understand abundance because I knew scarcity so well. Right? I knew when I was feeling it. I knew when I was in it. I was like, okay. So now, as I'm exploring abundance frequency, I know when I fall back into scarcity. I know exactly what it's like. Oh, I know this feeling. I know these thought patterns. Oh, I know exactly what's going to happen next. You're going to go, try to do this, this, and this. This is your pattern. Right? But it's almost like you've got to explore the contrast for an extremely long time. Before you're ready to go into the other, into the, from the darkness to the light. So how do you know how long it takes? This is another way to non-accept. 
as it's not good enough. Everything is not good enough. If you want a surefire way to not accept and not receive, make sure you think everything is not good enough. Especially you, because that's all it really means. When everything outside of you is not good enough, that means you're not good enough. That's the lens through which you see the world. Even God isn't doing a good enough job, right? If I was in charge, what's that line from the Tao? <laughs> if you, could you be in charge of the universe and do a better job? This is akin to taking the master carpenter's tools, right? And I'm messing up the line, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, that's the arrogance it would take. And this is how most people block money and all the things they want in their life from coming by not accepting how things are now. Oh, but Larry, if I accept how things are as they are, I won't have any motivation to want to fix them. Bullshit. I call bullshit. Try it out. Try it out for a little while. And you'll see how much of a lie that is. Because we believe somehow we got it caught in our head to accept this now moment, to accept the reality that you live in, is somehow it's going to stay the same. Remember, change is one of the laws of the universe. There are five laws of the universe that I know of. One. Everything is one thing. We are all source energy. We are all the one thing. The all is the many and the many are the one. We are thoughts in the mind of source. Or feelings in the heart of source. Whatever you want to say. We are all one. Two. Everything is here and now. It's always now and you're always here. Three, you will always exist. You exist, you will always exist. Non-existence doesn't exist by definition. Four, what you put out comes back to you, commonly known as the law of attraction. This is the mere reality. And five, everything changes except the laws. which means change, or rather evolution, which is the nature of source itself. Source is constantly expanding and evolving, and so are you, if you align with the beliefs that expand you, not the ones that shrink and constrict. Not the ones that see it's not enough. So we believe that by accepting who we are, that we won't evolve, that we won't grow and change and we won't get where we want to go. That is a lie that you need to let go of if you want to receive. To receive, you must accept what you have already received. You must accept who you are as a perfection of source.
and it is only your judgment that it is not perfect that keeps it so. Everything is perfect, even if, can you say this? Say this out loud. Everything is perfect, even if a part of me doesn't think so. Everything is perfect, even if a part of me doesn't think so. Everything is perfect, even if a part of me doesn't think so. Everything is perfect, even if there's a part of me that doesn't think so. Everything is perfect, even if there's a part of me that doesn't think so. Even that dog's bark is perfect, even if there's a part of me that doesn't want it to be barking. My body is perfect, even if there's a part of me that doesn't like my big stomach, my Buddha belly. Everything is perfect. My business is perfect, even if there's a part of me that's looking at what I need to be doing what needs to be done. My relationship is perfect, even if there's a part of me that sees how I want us to grow together. Remember, where you are now was once where you dreamed of being. Even if you're down in the dumps, even if you're at the lowest point of your life, remember that the lowest point has the biggest lessons. I wish it was otherwise. And maybe that's just a belief that I can examine. Or, let's just say it like this, the lowest points have also have giant lessons. I've learned some giant lessons from the lowest points in my life. Like soul changing or soul aligning lessons. It made me who I am. Or made me remember who I am is probably the best way to put it. You really get to know who you are. When you faced all the shit. Excuse me. Everything is perfect, even if you're at your lowest point in life. Because there is something that is in that low point that you need to learn to go on to the next thing. Or something you need to let go of before you go on. I was working with a client yesterday. One of my really she's really really doing the work and what we noticed was a pattern of workaholic workaholism right I used to have it too so I recognize it and she's working to escape her life 
she clings to work to not have to do the internal work. Let me separate these two things so it's not confusing. She does physical activities in business to escape doing the inner work of letting go of limiting beliefs and traumas. So she can cling to work, physical activity, to escape having to look at her patterns and beliefs. And her body is literally shutting down because of it. She runs herself to the point of exhaustion and her body's like, nope, we're not doing this. We're not doing it this way anymore. And what we had to understand, what we had to uncover, I had to uncover first and show her second, was that source is saying, you can't bring that energy where you're going. You can't bring this workaholic because I feel like I'm not good enough and I have to prove myself bullshit to where we're going. We are going to the place of magical, instant, joyful manifestation, not hard work for results. We are going to trust that the universe is going to handle 99% of all the, the stuff, the physical activity, and we're just going to imagine and dream and do what makes us happy. We're just going to do what excites us, and the rest will fall into place. That's where we're going. Not, I have to do everything. Not, no one's going to care about my business as much as I do. You have to let all of that shit go. To go where we need to go, you have to let this stuff go. And sometimes, it's a fucking big struggle to let go of stuff. Not all the time. But sometimes it needs to leave in a big way. It needs to go out with a bang. And if you want to know what needs to be released next, just try accepting yourself. What's that part of you that's screaming at you? I can't accept my stomach the way it looks. I can't accept my body. It's beach season. Well, then that's what needs to be let go of. There's a belief there that says, I'm not beautiful. I don't love my body. Probably a body shaming trauma underneath it. There's a belief there that you don't love yourself somewhere. And that needs to be let go of to get where you're going. How do you receive more health if you're disgusted with yourself? If you can't accept your body as it is, how do you receive more gifts that might help your body? Right? Practice accepting yourself. Practice accepting everything you've been given. Just like Source has given you everything, be grateful for what you've been given. I love my body, even if there's a part of me that doesn't. It's a miracle of nature, even if there's a part of me that judges it. It's still amazing.
It's still my spacesuit, the time and spacesuit. It's still amazing, even if there's a part of me that thinks it's not. Can you do this with your money situation? I ex- can you accept that you've always had enough? That you will always have enough. That you have enough right now. Because if you don't want to change your money situation, then don't accept it. Don't accept the gifts you've been given. Excuse me. Keep looking at what's missing. Keep saying it's not enough. Keep saying it's not good enough. Keep saying you're not enough, and you'll just keep money away from you. Just like if you gave somebody a gift with 20, you know, you gave them a gift card with 20 bucks, and they're like, man, I wish it was 50. But thanks, though. How likely are you going to give that person more? That's what's happening with you in the universe right now. You're not accepting when you receive. You're not grateful. You're not accepting who you are. You're not accepting where you are. Everything is not good enough. Oh, it's taking too long. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough friends. I don't have enough support. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough hair on my head. Hey, buddy. Oh, I get another look at him. Yeah, he runs like a pit bull. <sighs> Let me give you a little story to try to wrap this up. I have a, an amazing client who's Japanese and teaching me all about Japanese culture. And... Um, She told me something very, very fascinating that stuck with me that I want to share with you. In Japanese culture, when you give someone a gift, you're supposed to deny it first. And say, oh no, I can't possibly accept that. And then when the gift giver insists, oh no, no, you must take it. Then you go, okay, thank you. Let me say that again, just in case you missed it. It's a birthday. You hand someone a gift wrapped for them. And they first have to say, because of culture, have to say, no, I can't accept it. It's wrapped for you! Oh, no, please, I insist. Okay, thank you. Think about that in the psyche of manifestation. Source brings you something that you want. And your first instinct is to say, no, I can't possibly, I don't deserve it, I, don't, I can't accept that, I'm not worthy of it. No, how could I ever? I, I can't. You block receiving! You think the universe is going to insist that you take it? No, it's going to listen. Okay, you don't want this. All right. 
And then you're like the kid where you, you gasp, oh shit, they're not insisting. What did I do? No, bring it back. Oh my God, I fucked up. Yeah, why would you ever do that? Someone gives you a gift and you turn it down? That's what you do every day, every single day. Receive it and accept it. And if you're not receiving, you haven't re accepted what you've already received. You gotta go back to all the gifts. All, I'll just start with where you are now. I am so grateful for this body. I'm so grateful for this life. I'm so grateful for everyone who's, been in, who's ever come in. I'm so grateful for all the money in my account. I'm so grateful for my work, my family. The ability to breathe, walk, and listen to this. I'm grateful I found this stuff. I'm grateful I found this work. I'm grateful I found Larry. I'm grateful for whatever device this is playing on. Get a gratitude game going. Everything is perfect, even if there's a part of me that doesn't believe so. And even that part of me is perfect. Because even that is for my highest and best good. Even that is for me. Even your ego is there to serve you. Can you get there where your ego is there to help you? Your ego's highest purpose is to get you to your highest purpose by giving you the negative bullshit. By feeding you limitations until you stop listening to it. Until you go, wait a minute, that's not true. It's your doubting Thomas. It's the part of you that's in, that, that tries to motivate you from the negative. So that you go, thank you for showing me what's false and what not to believe. So the Japanese story, could you believe that? If that was your culture to deny what comes to you, but that is your culture in a different way. By looking at what's missing, you block receiving. By not accepting who you are, you block your own growth. By not accepting that you are perfect right now, that everything is perfect right now, you block your ability to magnetize yourself. The universe is not going to insist. You're going to have to accept, accept everything. The fastest way to inner peace is radical acceptance. The fastest way to grow is radical acceptance. Acceptance doesn't mean laziness. It doesn't mean non-doing. It doesn't mean you won't grow. It doesn't mean things won't change. That is a lie. Acceptance is the second part of receiving. It is loving to accept. It is to say thank you. 
for everything in my life. Thank you for this gift of existence. Thank you for all I've been given. Thank you for all I've been shown. Thank you for what's coming and what has been. Thank you for all of the love, all of the support, seen and unseen. Thank you for this heart that drives me. Thank you for listening. I accept this honor of being a financial shaman. I accept this calling of removing limiting beliefs. I accept this gift of helping people let go of their trauma and living a happier and fuller life. And I am grateful for everyone who listens and everyone who takes this and helps them and others around them. No matter what you do, accept fully that the universe always has your back. Even if you don't, even if there's a part of you that doesn't understand and can't see how that's possible. Everything is perfect, even if there's a part of you that doesn't agree with that. <sighs> Live from that place and see everything change. And the next time someone gives you a gift, be grateful. It's just an illusion that things aren't exactly as they're supposed to be. See through the illusion and create your own reality. Whatever you do, know that I unconditionally love you, accept you, and am extremely grateful for you. We are different clouds in the same sky, different leaves on the same tree, different beats of the same heart. I love you. Good journey, my friends.